Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this episode is Cues of the Force. Cues stands for questions, and the Force is the Force. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsack. I don't understand the Force all the time, but I definitely am here to answer all the questions of the Force. Here we go. <laughs> it is the will of the Force that we should try. Uh, might upset Yoda, but anyway. Yeah. We want to let you know, as always, that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week, we are recommending Shadow of the Sith by Adam Christopher. The big new Star Wars book really just having fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> having fun with, uh, I was going to say, connecting Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, which is true up to a point, but really playing with a lot of these big, interesting ideas that have been uh, set off by the sequel trilogy. I'm only about ooh, 70 pages in, but I'm really enjoying it, uh, so I can't wait to discuss it. If you want to listen to the book, you can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash 4 center 
one more time. That's audibletrial.com slash force center for a free audio book. Ken, do you have any shadow of the Sith question or not questions, uh, thoughts oh, oh. that you want to share right now? <laughs> I have some questions. Yeah, I'm uh, farther <laughs> ahead. And, and yeah, we always talk on force center. We both, we take our time, read these books, make, make sure we digest them. We do our reviews and discussions a little bit after other people do simply because we want to give you out there time, time to read them. Um, but I am taking my sweet time with this one, which is helping me, um, uh, just, uh, sit back and enjoy, uh, everything here. And there's something 300 pages in Joseph. I can't wait to discuss with you. You're on page 70. I cannot wait. Um, they can't wait to discuss it on the show. So yeah, a lot of fun. Oh. Yeah. A lot of fun. Again, download your free audio book today, but go to audibletrial.com slash four center. Again, this audibletrial.com slash four center for your free audio book. Do it. Do it. Uh, all right. We're going to get into our questions. We have two from Twitter, two from our patrons on Patreon. As always, we go first to Twitter and Daniel Mormack. Uh, Daniel says, so not sure if this is a good question, uh, but what for you was enhanced in the Skywalker saga the most by the Obi-Wan Kenobi series? For me, it was oddly the deaths of Owen and Beru. When I thought of A New Hope, I had always assumed they walked out bewildered, maybe worried Luke did something dumb, and then dead a pretty sad ending <laughs> showing the evil of the empire but upon seeing the obi-wan kenobi series i think they saw the empire coming and maybe they thought they figured it out and came out swinging maybe that trooper in the sarlacc in book of boba fett was dumped by them <laughs> <laughs> regardless they came out to protect their luke a parent's love was full on full display made it more sad but somehow loving odd to say considering the horror but it was a big thing to me uh, those are some great Owen and Brew thoughts that I do not think Daniel is alone on. Uh, but also, uh, Daniel started this with uh, saying, not sure if this is a good question, uh, but what was enhanced in the Skywalker saga by Obi-Wan Kenobi series? I think that is a great question, a powerful question, yeah. uh, worthy of a ranked episode, perhaps, Ken. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts, and I know you do, too, on what was enhanced. Uh, but let's let's start with Owen and Brew. Um how do you feel about the the sight of their their defeated corpses? Uh, there's been memes about how that was a trick and they faked out the stormtroopers. There's been a lot of people like Daniel wondering, like, how many troopers did they take down with them? What are your thoughts? Yeah, you're not alone there. I think that's one of my favorite moments now in rewatching A New Hope, which is you get. Yeah, it is. It is weird to say, um, um, you know, then you go to the, the Boba Fett theories, which were interesting for a while. But let's just, you know. Let's just look at Owen Maru and and what they did for Luke all those years, and now to know that maybe they they just were able to put up some kind of fight. Everything it is it, part of what I love what this show has done for that movie. Uh, in the last couple weeks here at Force Center, I keep using this word like energy. That the the, the the Kenobi series has given me new energy toward uh, New Hope, like a, a movie I've grown up with, movie I love, but it's not always the movie I put on first to to play mm -hmm. anymore. I have watched it like. Uh, one and a, almost two times, like one kind of in one sitting. And I just, I even had it on this morning for this question. And you just, I just, I just, I'm enthralled by it now in a way I haven't been in years. And that's the show. So a lot of it is with Owen Baru. And I was always, you know, like a lot of, a lot of people, it, it was, it was frightening just thinking that 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 nice lady and the guy, yeah, he was okay. But there's, and they just got fried. They got fried. And were they trying to run away? And I, I, I used to be terrified of that as a kid, um, much like who hair affected you and I, uh, and, and, and bars, <laughs> uh, that just something, it really uh, broke my heart. And, and it's still, it's still there. It's still heartbreaking. Um, but to know that, hey, maybe maybe they did take a few out before they went. Uh, oddly enough, it does provide me a little extra comfort. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really agree with you. I think it uh, the ideas in the Obi Wan Kenobi series cer certainly uh, are you know make the the prequels more bittersweet, <laughs> uh, but they yeah. resonate out to the uh, original trilogy, sequel trilogy too. But original trilogy in perspective, in, in, in particular, A New Hope specifically. I wonder if on Disney Plus, A New Hope has jumped up. Not that it's mm -hmm. people's only way to, to view it, but it's the sort of the quickest if you already have Disney Plus. Uh, so I bet those numbers jumped. Yeah, I really, I really loved Owen and Brew in this series. It was a little bit of justice for Owen where you understood that, that Gruff, uh, maybe a little bit worried and keeping, keeping Luke 2 down on the farm, but definitely loves the kid. He is my own. Um, and Brew just lined up so perfectly to me that she's the realist in A New Hope of like, 
good, bad, or otherwise, we're not keeping him down on the moisture farm because that's not yeah. who he is. It has nothing to do with reality. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> she's mm-hmm. uh, realistic with philosophy and a sawed-off space shotgun. So she, I just love yeah. her as this loving character, but a realist. Um, yeah. So for my headcanon now, uh, this this is the way I see it playing out, uh, sadly, on the Lars homestead, right? That mm-hmm. they're maybe a little older. Uh, they're a, a little... Yeah. Um, let their guard down maybe a little bit, a little bit slower, but I think they still have those motion detectors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think they saw the stormtroopers coming. I think they maybe uh, took out a few. I think maybe it was like a standoff uh, mm. and mm-hmm. the stormtroopers had to resort, resort to smoking them out. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That they, they were being dropped as they approached. And so they, they, you know, firebombed uh, the homestead and, yeah. and that's the sad result we get. That's my new head cannon. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's uh, that tracks for me. Yeah, it, it it does now. Yeah, and and I don't know. Like again, I I grew up thinking that you know she's making blue milk and he's just tinkering, and next you know they're dead. Like I and and that always uh, you know upset me in, in a way that the story it was supposed to right it was supposed it was, to yeah supposed supposed to, uh, but now I I have her going you know. Owen, grab your blasters. We're going out to Blitz Glory or whatever it is. And I can turn it into an action sequence. And again, provides a false comfort, I guess, because in the end, the result's the same. But yeah. Yeah. It's really fun to imagine. I wonder if much like there's been like reimaginings of uh, Kenobi invaders fighting a new hope. If, uh, if fan <laughs> films aren't being made right now <laughs> of the last stand at the Lars homestead. I could do a young guns version or young guns two version where she turns to one and says, I shall finish the game. And uh, it's the you know, last stand of the, of the regulators. I, I, I can go for that. Yeah, we've lived for years with blue milk. Now it is time for blue Molotov cocktails <laughs> hurled <There you laughs> by go. Baru White Sun Lars. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so we could talk about just Owen and Baru, but of course, Daniel opens up this larger question that, uh, man, going to be hard to contain ourselves, Ken, mm. about what was most enhanced in the entire Skywalker saga by Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, wh- where do you go? What, what are some of the big things for you? I, you know, essentially just went to one because I think I, I, I subconsciously was going to stop myself from going to a lot of spots. And Brew and Owen comes to mind a lot. A lot of people are online celebrating um, Kenobi looking over at the the, the twins uh, and going, "Great, they're reunited. My 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 work here is done with the with the Vader fight and all that mm-hmm. stuff." You, you and I had that discussion on the Vader fight that we'll continue to have. So, the, but I went to one little one. That it almost you mentioned like fan edits or YouTube videos. There's a, for years been that Kenobi one of you know his speech you know to Luke in the hut, and then it's you know interspersed with the the Clone Wars footage and this and that, and, and those are always kind of fun for me. I almost have that kind of vibe when uh, when he's watching Leia's uh, recording mm-hmm. uh, in in the hut of exposition after three PO takes his nap, and there's just a flash. There's a flash on Guinness's eyes, and how many times have you heard me talk about? The way Guinness played so many things is just tip of the iceberg storytelling in and of itself. Like just the the, the space and story Guinness put into his face, it, it allows you to tell more stories in Star Wars. And him just having this kind of flash over to Luke, and you can read it in a lot of ways. But now, like the series pops in my mind, and it's almost like that all pops in his mind, and all the way to the last beats with with um, Brea and and Bale. Where he's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, hey, you know where, where to find me. And for him to realize, oh, it's go time. I've already got some feelings. You know, we know some stuff. You got the great Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon short story from a certain point of view, canon, canon adjacent, if you want to go that uh, direction. But he's got a sense of something's coming. But there's just this, when, when like the messages from her. And he knows what this means. It, it's almost the, the the version of when he hears the, the beeping sound of when Bale's first calling him. Of, oh, mm-hmm. that ain't good. So I just, I just, I watched it in this morning and I, I, I get, it. I call it go time where Kenobi's like, this is really happening. And the, it isn't like, oh, it's time for Luke to be trained. Oh, I got a message from that uh, young lady, his sister that I know years ago. It's none of that. It is. And it's not even about the Death Star hanging over the, the, the whole thing, like a ticking clock. I don't know if he's aware of that at that point. You know what I mean? The, it's a space station. All this stuff's it's still in front of him, right? So he mm-hmm. doesn't know. He's not getting the he newspapers. Doesn't know that. Yeah. He doesn't, yeah, he's not getting the newspapers on the Death Star. It is the fact that it is her invoking the name of her father, and Luke's with him, and the sister's calling him, and he's like, it's time. And I love that. 
Yeah, no, I, I think I've always kind of uh, had a, a little bit of, I think, support in various uh, narratives, but a little bit of a headcanon that this moment was really about sometimes the force uh, speaks quietly and sometimes the force screams, mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> bellows on uh, with without any ability to mistake it. And I've always liked that about the uh, the hut of exposition scene, but I think it makes it even richer now, this connection to Leia for sure. I've always mm. loved this idea that, and I think it's enhanced by the end of Obi-Wan Kenobi of like, I'm going to back off and give Luke a little bit of space. I will train him when the time is right. Luke mm -hmm. and Leia can't escape their destiny in that they are, you know, strong, powerful, important, valuable people. They are the potential leaders of the next generation. Uh, the Empire will want things of them. Their fate is going to come for them one way or another. And when their fate comes for them, I want to be here for them to help guide them into the next steps, right? Mm -hmm. So if he's really like, I took a step away and I waited until the time was right. Ah, Luke's in trouble. Uh, yeah. uh, enough trouble that I got to go get him. And oh, what is he in trouble about? Oh, uh, his father is chasing his sister to me and he wants to <laughs> rescue his sister. And the damn droids are here too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the ones who got invited to Anakin and Padme's wedding when I didn't. Those damn <laughs> droids are here, too. The Force is, is telling me now is the time. Yeah, and everything in, the, in that scene just continues to become more and more rich to me. Almost like the end of the scene, once, once he has listened and understood what's at stake in the, in the hologram message from Leia. That, you know, when he says, I'm getting too old for this sort of thing, you know, uh, I need your help. She needs your help. That has even more weight of like, mm -hmm. I've been on these kinds of missions. I know what it's like. It is your time, Luke. Fate is calling. It is time for you, the next generation, to step up because I know what this is. And she needs you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that is a, a that's an absolutely great one. I think I think for me, you know, some of those scenes with Kenobi really tie into um, the the great big theme uh, th that is all over Star Wars, but I think is really concentrated on the Obi Wan Kenobi series about being there for the next generation, mm -hmm. which is you know there's a lot of trauma in the Obi Wan Kenobi show about failing uh, the the younger generation, exposing them to harm. Uh, you know, bringing them into sort of a, a cycle of violence and all that. But I think within it, there's also just this real knowledge that the next step for, a, you know, uh, an aging hero is to mentor the next generation. And I see that echo out a lot, that big theme. A um, couple other little quick things. Um, Vader's obsession with Kenobi. We, we talked about it on our uh, upcoming uh, lightsaber fight show. Just the sheer number of times that Vader mentions Kenobi <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the original trilogy. It all tracks logically and it always has. But now it really is just like, Vader, do you think about anything else? Do you have <laughs> posters of him in your on your wall? The, his obsession with Kenobi, that Kenobi is the mm -hmm. symbol of. Uh, I, in order for me to prove to myself that I am the master, that I am all powerful, I needed to beat him and I never did, you know, uh, yeah. that's really powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, Leia stuff, you, you did you did a great uh, video about uh, Leia put out over the weekend. It, it, it was really powerful to me that uh, she's always been the princess who saved herself, the princess mm -hmm. who is a diplomat, but can also pick up a blaster. In fact, this show uh, demonstrates her seeing that and making that choice. Huge. Yeah. Um, final, final one for me very quickly, because we haven't talked about it a lot. I want to be sure to mention it. Um, uh, Obi-Wan giving Luke the T-16 Skyhopper toy. Um, mm. I'm sure there's some fans who don't like it and, and I understand. And I, and I think I saw some takes where like, oh, we don't have to explain where everything came from. And for me, uh, I get that and I respect that, but it isn't about, this is a plot hole. Where, where do you get mm. that toy? It's not about let's explain something. It's a, to me about let's add some richness to something that is already there. I love that dialogue early in, in that first episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi where, you know, there's a big galaxy out there and he needs to know about it. That that's mm -hmm. what the toy symbolizes. It symbolizes mm -hmm. Obi-Wan trying to make a connection, but also just like I, he needs to know that he is a part of something much, much larger. Yeah. And the idea that Obi-Wan gave him that toy and that toy helped him dream of, of having adventure of a larger world. It, it just goes right along with what Obi-Wan says to Luke when he's training him on the Falcon of, you know, you've 
taking your first step into a much larger world. Like the 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 Skyhopper toy feels like the very beginning of like there's a bigger galaxy, yeah. and then you'll see there's an even bigger, you know, uh, uh, reality in the force. Uh, I just love it. Mm. No. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think I even understand sometimes the cynicism of, uh, we, you know, yeah, we, you know, maybe he just got, we don't need to know how he got the toy and everything, but when it's used to that, um, I don't know, that successful degree, it's just, it just, it, do, it does add to it and means a lot to me as a fan. And again, not every, again, I'll say that you know, not everything needs to be explained. Um, but that one was really effective and it just, I don't know, it just made a lot of sense. I, I don't think I ever imagined it once, once we start getting more storytelling in this modern era, including the, from a certain point of view where he's carving the little wood toys. I think mm-hmm. I, I think I started to subconsciously just assume that came from Obi-Wan, but to actually see it and see, have it, have big meaning. It's, it, uh, again, why I love, uh, revisiting new hope right now. Yeah, absolutely. To see and and know and imagine Obi Wan's happy face saying hello there while Luke's you know absentmindedly yeah. playing with it, so powerful. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I'm with you. I, I I there's so much obviously that I love about Obi Wan Kenobi, but I do, uh, I I do think that uh, I'm hungry for some new in Star Wars, and I I do understand a little bit of the the frustration of um kind of going to the well of seeing uh different uh, things that we've seen before and and mm-hmm. giving giving them new context. I think for me, what makes a difference is, does it feel like a little nod that's fun for fans or does it feel like it added meaning? And to me, this added meaning in a really beautiful way. But I am also in the camp of, yep, definitely time for some new. Yeah, no, we can can live in both. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Great question, Daniel. Thank you very much. We're going to move on to our next question from Strat Carter. I really love when listeners have names that sound like they should be in Star Wars. Strat Carter is a great name. Uh, Strat says, Greetings, Ken, Joseph, and Jennifer. Saw Guerrera evolved from brash freedom fighter to extremist. In my opinion, had he been a Force user, he would have been steeped in the dark side. Do you think his path would have been the same had his sister lived? Peace, says Strat Carter. Uh, great quote of Boss Nass. <laughs> Please. Um, so, Ken, let's uh, break this up. First, do you agree that uh, that Saw is tipping into uh, the dark side from a certain point of view? From a certain point of view, I thought you would say, do I first agree that Strat Carter belongs in Star Wars? And the answer is yes. <laughs> Strat Carter flies your X-Wing and gets you out of trouble. I uh, love that. Um, yeah, no, I love this question. We, we talk about Saw so much here, and we're going to be talking more about Saw because we ain't done hearing Saw stories, mm-hmm. seeing Saw, Saw stories. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, – and, and this is the, the what's, what's so intriguing about this character is there's so much of like you nod, you nod and go yeah yeah no I, I get where you're coming from saw so I wonder if he had tapped into dark side officially you know not saying he's a force user or anything mm-hmm. like that but how how much it would have been like I, I oh I, you know we make the necessary rage joke which is a reference to to a beat that we we didn't get in episode nine thankfully but um how much what if he had been kind of in that camp of like no we if tapping into the dark side allows me to get victory over the the bad like then that's that i need to take that step and and would he have gone a bridge too far uh would he would he have taken a a, a step too deep of it? It, it because i think you know Steela was absolutely the true leader of the bunch right um and, and i think the one to temper saw's darkest urges uh and, and also the one to push him towards hope so i think that's 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 the big loss from him and so i, I could see that i could see that uh in some ways again is he pull, pulling out a red blade maybe maybe not but maybe uh red painted blaster <laughs> <laughs> yeah no absolutely i think this is great yeah i really really enjoyed on our rewatch seeing the uh, amount of thought and philosophy that went into that arc on Andron that introduced us to mm. stila and saw and in particular uh this sort of question of you know when you are being oppressed in there, you can't find any way out, but taking direct action, right? Mm-hmm. That, that there, there's just not another way out. Direct action has to be taken. Okay. Then how do you keep your soul while you're doing that? Mm-hmm. And Stila was this great balance of, yeah, you have to take action. Unfortunately, you do need to use uh violence sometimes in this extreme situation, but we should never lose sight of what we're fighting for. We want connection. We want communication. We want to inspire people. We don't want this to just become about anger. We want this to be about we are fighting for something better. We want to keep our battle to be about hope 
not about anger and vengeance. Mm-hmm. And I think that that it's that arc is this great tragedy of you know Steel is the kind of leader that the rebellion needed early on, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, to to have to keep that like yes, absolutely. In order to save lives, every once in a while we have to use violence, but it is, but we should avoid it when ever possible and we should communicate and inspire and all those things and i think saw is a character who in that original andron arc is just really kind of pushing for action moving too fast not looking mm-hmm. at the big picture and i think you know the added tragedy of losing stila and then being like look i told you yeah. <laughs> that the uh, this is the way the government was going to go with the empire i think that he does start dabbling in pure vengeance yeah. That on paper, you could say like, okay, yep, you need to take this uh, imperial target out strategically. Yep, okay, on paper, there's no other opportunity to do it except for when you're getting collateral damage. Yeah, And it really takes you to this dark place where I think Star Wars often says that um, actions matter, but also why we take them, why we take them matters to our souls, right? And I think that Saw maybe was was really good at saying we're we're being too cautious. We have to take action, but that some of his action is coming from a place of vengeance, right? Yeah. Of I will do anything uh, to defeat the Empire, and that he's living in this hatred of the Empire. He's not living in the hope for something better, you know. Yeah, no, yeah, uh, blood for blood, and and yeah, uh, that kind of thing. And look, his own violence uh, directly led to her death, and he's and he's clearly struggled with the weight of that. But again, it, it is it is this fight. You're right, Steelus Steelus there to to for the fight, and and I I think outside of uh, just in terms of story, outside of Padme's death, I think Steelus' death is one of the uh, biggest tragedies for the rebellion that would soon spring up. Right, like. Mm-hmm. She becomes a leading general in the Rebel Alliance. Saw follows her down that path, I think. And I think he's still, just because of already what we saw in that Onderon arc, he, he could have been frustrated at times. He could have been like, you know, you know, we got to put our flippers down like Radis and fight. I, I could see that. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's impatient and, and he could have felt they weren't doing enough, but she's there as, as a leader of the rebellion if, if she survives. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that's a, such a big, a big and interesting idea of you know, when you're in a position like somebody like Sagrera who has things to be legitimately angry about, do you manage to uh, transform the anger into proactive action to make a better future? Or do you indulge the anger a little bit? You know, do you in- enjoy punching back for the sake of punching back? Not because you have to, to make things better, but because in that moment, the vengeance feels good to you. And, and I think that's the the moral ambiguity of Sov. He, he, he takes a lot of big action at times that people weren't taking action. He probably does help a lot of people, but what's it doing to his soul? I feel like by the time we meet him in Rogue One, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, when he says there isn't much left of me, he's not just talking about his foot. He's talking about his soul, yep. you know? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Such a fascinating character. A fallen Order, Bad Batch 2. Uh, I, I do believe Andor, right? I, I can't forget what was, I forget what was officially confirmed or not, but um can't wait. Yeah, there's just because of what he represents uh, and, and more of him and Mothma screaming at each other. <laughs> just it's yeah. interesting stuff. Valuable, interesting conversations. Uh, this is a great question, Strat. Thank you very much. So uh, we're going to move on from some Saw thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, take a quick break and then we'll be back with our questions from our patrons on Patreon. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And we are back for more questions of the force. We're going to our patrons on Patreon first to Will Culbertson. Will says, hi, Force Center friends. One of my favorite things that came out of the buildup to Attack of the Clones was the release of the Across the Stars music video. I was studying theater and music in college at the time, and a combination of new Star Wars music intercut with scenes from the movie, as well as behind-the-scenes footage, just hit me on every level. It was a worthy successor to the Duel of Fates music video that had debuted before The Phantom Menace three years prior, and I can't tell you how many times I downloaded it online back when that took a long time to do. (laughs) Anyway, that got me thinking about this modern era of Star Wars and how much I would have loved getting those types of music videos as part of the build-up to the new movies we got starting in 2015. So my question is this, which of the five Disney-era films would you most like to have had a music video made for, and what music would it have featured? I personally would choose Han's theme from Solo, not only because it's a wonderfully rousing musical number, but the chance to see some behind-the-scenes footage of John Williams collaborating with John Powell on the score would be fantastic. Thanks. Thanks to you, Will. This is a great memory uh, and a great question. Ken, here's where I want to start. Did did you uh, re-watch this Across the Stars music video for this question? I, I, I didn't. I, I, I brought up the soundtracks on uh, online on streaming and, and was just listening to the some of the tracks that I might want to you know answer in this question and I just I just kept the music on and I was listening to the Attack of the Clones soundtrack and I, I, and I we were about to record I was like ah oh, damn it I was going to go watch it on YouTube so I didn't <laughs> and I'm glad he brings it up because the Phantom Menace video the Duel of the Fate stuff gets gets the headlines understandably uh, you know it, it was on TRL but yeah cl- Across the Stars in the video was was uh, pretty big as well so good call well yeah I think I maybe downloaded it once uh, in that in that great summer of uh, 2002. Um, I rewatched it this morning. I found it on YouTube, <laughs> and we've noted that before with some of the uh, the prequel advertising. That video would never be released today. <laughs> <laughs> there is so much footage in it. 
uh, from the film, including scenes that didn't end up in the film. Uh, There's a shot of Bail Organa in Palpatine's office saying, we must stop them before they're ready. Uh, Yes, There's a different take of uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin right outside the Outlander Club. Uh, mm, when Anakin mm. is saying something about like not the same lesson again, and Obi Wan is saying you haven't learned anything, Anakin, and um, I love that this lightsaber, uh, this weapon is your life. That whole conversation, but you know there's some weird things going on with Obi Wan's beard in that scene. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this little shot of them is like there's nothing weird going on with Obi Wan's face. <laughs> uh. And then it, it's called Across the Stars, and Across the Stars mm. is the the main body of it in the middle but then there's lots of other little uh you know themes from the film and there's just there's so many shots from the film it's so fascinating it would never be released today uh but it was really rousing and fun uh to rewatch. so i just enjoyed seeing it again i haven't thought about it in a long time because people mostly talk about the the phantom menace one uh so i'm so curious to think about would you would you want a music video to be for for uh the question here one from a modern film would you have if there was a solo one would you have wanted just like behind the scenes of you know john williams working on it talking to people you know talking to to ron howard uh or would you have wanted just shocking amounts of footage uh from the solo film in the music video you gotta have both look i'm a fan of like uh i'll watch like we are the world and i love when all the artists show up in the limos before and they're just having coffee with quincy and they're just about ready to do i, I love all that stuff so yeah um that's great no and, and, and the adventures of han would have been one of my choices if if will you didn't take my answer no i i i it's such a great song and a great way to just like it, it's a little bit of a of a rock radio single for a star wars soundtrack um, and it's and you're, and you're right. I, I, I'm so I'm gonna moment we start recording. I'm watching the Across the Stars video because you, you imagine there might in 2002 there would have been a bunch of Star Wars podcasts going. What, were there reshoots? What happened here? Why? Where are these scenes? Yes, would have yes. been a thing. Would have been a thing. It would have been a whole thing. Oh, would have been a giant thing. Um, and as you're talking about, it, I remember some of those scenes now popping up in the back of my mind. But to your, your question, I absolutely would want to strike a balance. Uh, scenes from the movie. BTS stuff, um, yeah, we're 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 in a different era on spoilers. Even I deal with spoilers different than I did in 2002. It's just the way it is now. I don't, I can't fully explain that. Um, but yeah, I would have been on board for that. Got yeah, it. I mean, if if attack if a video like Attack of the Clones came out for the next film, this podcast and many others would do like three hour episodes on the amount of footage. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes it's like eight trailers in like a four minute music video worth of yep. content uh, yep. yeah so i think for myself uh i would love a music video like that in that tradition but with maybe a little less footage from the actual film <laughs> yeah yeah uh but uh to play this one game i think the song that i would want in the movie that i would want is i would want uh ray's theme not from the force awakens but from the rise of skywalker with uh, some flashes yeah. there. Uh, once the relationship had really been built, uh, some images of John Williams and Daisy Ridley together. Uh, I know you love this too, Ken, but I just, I've always loved Ray's theme. It's the first thing that struck me musically in The Force Awakens. And I love in Rise of Skywalker all of the different variations yep. um, that, that show Ray's growth and change. Um, so, I, yeah, it would have been great if they released a music video. Uh, called Duel of the Dyad from Rise mm-hmm. of Skywalker, but it was mostly Ray's theme in different iterations. Yeah, this is um, one of those times where I'm not even going to on the fly change my answer. That's exactly what I put almost down to the notes. <laughs> like, <laughs> really? And in the back of my head, well, in the back of my head, I'm like, there's a good chance uh, Joseph and I might have uh, the same main answer here. Uh, but uh, it's just you think of just a music video and going into a film, right? This is kind of part of the question of going, you know, uh, this is help. Help, uh, helping to promote uh, Attack of the Clones, helping to promote the Phantom Menace. So we're going to help promote the Rise of Skywalker. And then to your other question of how much do you actually want to see in the music video, but taking all those versions together from this sweet, naive, innocent start to the rock and roll version as they're fighting on Exegol. <laughs> it's an amazing journey of music, and you put them all together and do a special cut of it. And exactly, you got, we got so much footage, Ray, uh, Ray, Daisy, well, one of the same, Daisy really getting the signed uh, music copy of Ray's theme from John Williams, and she's crying, and there, Kathleen Kennedy's holding her, all those kind of things, and, you know, young baby Daisy on set in Force Awakens, all the kind of, that would be, 
fantastic to watch and, and all that leading into the movie. They better have footage of Williams at the Hollywood Bowl telling everyone like he always does, raise why I came back and I don't want anyone else, anyone else to write this theme. Uh, I think it would be an event. It would be an event video. And that's why I, I stand by it as, as our collective answer here today. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure it's it's being cut together now, I'm sure, by somebody on yeah. YouTube who's going through this entire process. That that would be a yeah. really fun, you know, they'd make uh, all those great, uh, what would a trailer look like in the style of this time for this film? Uh, I would love music videos that do the same. Uh, yeah. Great question, Will. Thank you very much, Ken. Are you ready for our final question? I am, but I'm going to, there's one, I had a backup answer. Oh, you did? And oh, I'm surprised. Good. I was like, but Joseph definitely would choose it. Chicken in the pot. <laughs> the 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 movie version, um, yeah. which I think they eventually did release on the soundtrack, right? Uh, they did in the expanded yeah. solo soundtrack. There you go, Chicken in the Pot party footage, BTS of them shooting the party, just a real uh, fun jazzy Star Wars single to release. I'd be on board for that. Oh, absolutely, the full uncut performance of the entire song. It is, it's a great song. Yeah, and mm -hmm. you cut to Imperials making deals on Dryden's yacht. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, maybe, maybe there could be some uh, fresh uh, footage of Lulilo Primak and Rodia Ventifoli uh, arriving in limos like the uh, yeah. <laughs> We Are the World music video. Yes. There you go. Arriving in space limos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that was a very good addition. Thank you, Ken. Mm -hmm. All right. Now we'll move on to our final question from Jonathan Curti. Uh Jonathan says, uh, hello, Force Center friends. I really love the scene toward the end of episode six of Kenobi, where Obi-Wan shared a bit about Padme and Anakin with Lil Leia. Got me thinking about how tragic it is that we never get to see Padme, Anakin, Luke, and Leia together as a family. And then a new thought hit me. Padme and Anakin could have been Han Solo's mother and father-in-law. <laughs> My mind was blown with the fun possibilities. For a little fantasy headcanon in an alternate reality where Padme and Anakin lived to be parents and Leia still ended up with Han, what do you think Han's relationship with each of his in-laws would have been like? <laughs> Go wherever your heart takes you. In my heart, I believe upon hearing that Han had made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs, Anakin would have gone out the door to do it in fewer than 11. That's exactly <laughs> right. Love the show, Jonathan. Well, I mean, this is going to be fun because I don't think we're going to come up with a better uh, answer than Jonathan's, uh, but we'll, we'll offer some runner-ups because that, yeah. that is perfect. This yeah. is really fun. I, I want to pull back a little bit. and it, Obviously, there's a lot of art of this sort of like the what if. There's an image that I saved because it just kind of broke my heart of like um, the, it's a fan drawing of, uh, you know, infant Luke and Leia, toddler Luke and Leia playing on the beach and mm -hmm. Padme and Anakin are there. And so is Uncle Obi-Wan. And it's like, oh, it breaks yeah. my heart. Do you like thinking about that? That what if what if it all worked out or or do you get challenged by it? I, I get challenged by it in the way of, yeah, well, number one, it would have been great. What a wonderful, happy ending, right? The emperor uh, doesn't never, ha he dies. Nothing happens, <laughs> goes wrong. Um, but yeah, then we don't get it. it, it and I, you know, I'm not trying to turn into some philosophy, you know, philosophy here, uh, but like, it's just like, you don't get the good without the bad that happens. And it's horrible stuff that happens. So would I, would I, would I rather have Padme alive? Yeah, I would. Versus that, uh, let's just, grow grow through the tragedy of the death star you know what you know what i mean but it's like mm -hmm. it's hard for me to separate the story we got and, and and have fun with it but this is a great question from jonathan and and and, and can lead to, to fun spots as as well including this this parsec run is the answer it's hilarious yeah, it, it, it's so good yeah no i mean i i think it's it it's fun that's the point of a tragedy is to make you feel like oh but what if what if <laughs> what if uh mace and anakin had worked together and arrested palpatine and everything worked out <laughs> mm -hmm. you know what would that world uh been is it's bittersweet to think about but that to me is at least uh, partially the point of uh mm -hmm. of tragedy and this is uh, great to think about the honest relationship there's like you can see jokes about like you know vader being like don't date my daughter to han solo yeah. which is like fun and, and funny and all that uh especially thinking of him as vader not anakin but really thinking mm -hmm. through what, what's that actual relationship like between all of them between padme and anakin and han and leia where do you go what are some of the uh the scenes you imagine ken 
Uh, you know, I, and I'm not here to cast it as a sitcom that that Padme's the 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 dour, you know, wet blanket, everything. But she definitely would have some thoughts on Han and him not choosing sides or him just being one into himself, uh, depending on when they met. You know, she'd have some issues. She had some issues. She'd have some thoughts. So I don't want to uh, miscast her there. You know what I mean? And also, she'd have she'd have fun. She, I think she'd appreciate his spirit and and appreciate what. Um, he brings uh, to her daughter, you know, she probably knows, Hey, uh, you know, uh, he, she needs that. And, and, and he probably needs her more, <laughs> more than the other way around. So I, I envision a lot of that around the dinner table, a lot of him going, I don't know. I've seen a lot of crazy things in the galaxy. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, enough with that. Enough with that cynicism. Enough with that, uh, you know, standoff, standoffness. Uh, you need to, you need to join the fight here that's going on. But again, to the bigger question, what kind of fight would there be? But there's still light and still dark and there's still hope and fear and all those kind of things that she'd want him to get plugged in. Plugged yeah. Into. I, I really love that, that Padme would have no time for the, eh, it doesn't matter. Don't get involved energy that Han uh, yeah. could potentially have. Love that. Um, I, my mind at first went to like just Padme having lots of good advice for Leia, but like, here's, here's the pamphlet, like 101 mm. facts about being married to a hothead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Padme would also like, I, I really like the idea of Padme and Leia having these similar experiences where like, we really were raised to be there for other people. We really believe in being leaders. We really believe in uh, deal, deal with what we need later, but first do your duty and, and do what yeah. you need to be there for everybody. But I can see Padme really pulling Leia aside and saying, it's okay. He's, he's charming. He loves you give yourself some room to have that in, in your life, make some room for Han in your life. I think Padme would be very kind to lay about that. Um, Mm -hmm. For, for the Padme Han relationship, I kind of feel like Han would be deeply, deeply intimidated by Padme, right? Like, Oh yeah. Uncomfortable. She's so, you know, uh, wise and uh, I was going to say worldly uh, galaxy. Galaxy, <laughs> that I think Han would be like the I don't want to have dinner with your mother in law because I don't know which fork to use. I <laughs> spill things on my shirt, and they'd have to be like, she doesn't care about those thing, kind of things. She sees yep. your spirit, and if your spirit's where it needs to be, that's what my mom cares about. And he's like, yeah, but I'm gonna stick my foot in my mouth again. About I did you hear yeah. that Nemodian joke I made? I forgot they tried <laughs> to murder her like a thousand. I shouldn't have said that about the Trade Federation. Like. <laughs> I think Han would be so intimidated and just cannot do a single damn thing right in front of Padme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Truly intimidated and, and just like defensive, like ready to you know uh, have to argue about his uh, choice of career and everything like that. But again, not this this Padme is. Uh, I don't see her as being the the old grumpy one at the table. I think she she probably would approach it with an open heart. Probably get it. And I love you, what you're bringing in of her being able to tell young Leia, you know. Hey, you know, don't take a, take a moment for yourself. And that's not a bad thing. And, and this is something that you need to uh, pursue with Han. And I get it. I get it. That said, here's some things about him. <laughs> Just letting you know. <laughs> Here are some yeah. things that you should be aware of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so where do you go with the relationship between Anakin and Han? I, there, without a doubt, there'd be a, a totally ego-filled competition between the two of them, but in a, in a mm-hmm. loving way. Uh, you know, it, it would be at the end of the day they have a they have a beard in at the Outlander Club, and, and Anakin goes, I, "I get you, kid. I like you. I like you." Um, but yeah, I could see I could see that, and and you know, let's not for you know, Anakin is for better or worse has chosen some sides in his life, so uh, I don't know if he could be if he'd be fully accepting of Han not caring. I don't know. I think they could, I think they could have a little bit of fights, arguments on uh, how to handle things in the galaxy. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I think uh, Anakin would not be a fan of uh, Han's chosen form of communication of finger pointing, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. get your finger out of my face. <laughs> nobody, uh, nobody pokes a finger at the chosen one. I think would be Anakin's attitude. Um, and then, the chosen one. Don't you do that. <laughs> you just see him with his hands clasped behind his back while Han's pointing everywhere. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think um, you know. I think it, it it's easy to make the jokes about Anakin being overprotective, and I think that there is, um, of course, we all is various family members, particularly uh, I think um, parents want to be protective of our children. I think there's also that that it can slide into being controlling, right? Like dad mm-hmm. chooses 
for his daughter. Yeah. Um, and I want to be really mindful of that because I think that's kind of a stereotype that can go around and can be kind of a joking thing that can be um, not great because it is about the dad mm-hmm. choosing for the daughter, right? Yeah. Uh, and not giving the, the daughter agency as uh, her full own person who makes her own choices about who she dates, marries, etc. cetera. Yeah. Um, and I think actually that might be a part of the story that Anakin even if he didn't fall to the dark side, I still I still think would wrestle with he has such compassion, he has such instinct to protect the people he loves that he would be very overprotective of Leia. And I think both Padme and Leia would be like, back off, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> we know it's coming from a good place, but yeah. Leia is capable of choosing for herself. So back <laughs> off. Uh, I think that would be a vibe. Uh, yeah. And then I think, yeah. you know, boy, does Jonathan nail it with the, the, the pilot connection. <laughs> so great. The pilot connection and the tinkerer here. Here's my little, little story that I think plays out of the, the relationship mm. between Anakin and Han is terrible. It's unspeakably mm. bad. It's awful. Uh, I think partially, uh, Anakin desperately wants to fix the Falcon, right? Like how could yeah. master tinkerer Anakin Skywalker not walk on there and go like, you have everything set up wrong <laughs> yeah but yeah. the way you have jury rigged the falcon is madness it is a nightmare i i need to fix it right and han would not want him to touch the falcon right so then they get into some sort of crisis where they have to work together to fix the ship right in order yeah. to get out of it and anakin and, and han are there together tinkering on the falcon making it work so they can escape and i think they have like this breakthrough bonding moment where Han finally opens up a little bit to Anakin about his own childhood, about not really having a father figure who was there for him. And I think Anakin would melt a little. And I think they bond a little over their sort of shared childhood trauma. And then I think things would get better. Uh, but they would still communicate mostly in grunts and head nods. But it would be with better understanding. Yeah, oh, that's a great ending. I love that story. Let's ride it. This is the 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 the, the, the Skywalker family sitcom. Yeah, and, and and like I just I see I just see Anakin. Yeah, I like that you brought in the good parts of his of his heart and and soul that are there and, and perhaps there to the end. But just the uh, you know uh, it, the intentions might be good with uh, you know I, I I know what's on his mind because I that is my I'm I get Han and Leia. You need to stay away. And then you know Padme having to sit him down and be like, this is another learning point for you. <laughs> and again, <laughs> um, uh, anger over, uh, you know, the situation is, is normal, but we got to push past it. So, uh, yeah. But at the end of the day, yeah, I see them, uh, finally coming to some sort of peace, maybe a little bit later in life, but yeah. Yeah. yeah a little bit later in life. Maybe, maybe it takes, uh, Han having Kylo <laughs> or Ben rather. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my final thought on all of this is just to make things more awkward and tense. I think Anakin and Chewie just love the hell out of one another. And it is so annoying to Han that yeah. like they absolutely get along. Anakin understands Chewie. All, all, Chewie can do no wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anakin's just like, not sure about your husband. Yeah. Uh, his co-pilot's great, though. Great, yeah. Come, hey, Chewie, come in the garage here. I want to show you what I did with my speeder. What are you doing? And Han's like, "Hey, what are you?" Yeah. And then Chewie's like, "I mean, I knew uh, you. You know the guy Yoda? I hung out with Yoda once. Yeah, great time. Yeah, you just yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely great stuff. Any final thoughts on that one? No, very fun, Jonathan. Great question. Uh, love, love, the, love the Kessel Run bit. That's great. Yeah, absolutely great. Well, that is it for our questions, uh, but we have an entry in our Power of the Light Side segment. If you are a patron on Patreon, we have a post. I think it's like one post down now, uh, but it is a call for entries in Power of the Light Side. And this is just a segment where we ask uh, patrons for something joyful from Star Wars to help increase the power of the light side. Could be a character, could be a moment, could be something they've learned from Star Wars. Uh, And that is what our entry is today from Lou Stout. Here's what Lou has to say. I've been thinking for a few days on exactly how I wanted to phrase this. And even now, this is my third draft. With all the darkness already in the world, it's more important than ever to look for and try to embrace the light side. So it brings up the discussion of why do people get angry at Star Wars? And I think the answer can be found within Star Wars itself. I believe that adults who have grown up watching Star Wars are longing for a return to a time when things were brighter and desperately want these stories to fill them with the same euphoria now it did when they were children. But that's not how the Force works. 
Resisting the darkness is a daunting task. Any crack in our defenses and it could potentially consume us and cause us to project our own frustrations, insecurities, and disappointments on the writers, actors, and even other fans by means of hurtful words in a blatant disrespect for others. But luckily, this is one time where I'm glad Yoda was wrong, because it's not forever that the dark path will dominate your destiny, as proved time and time again by heroes like Anakin, Ben, and several others that there is indeed a way back to the light, if we are willing and strong enough to embrace it. It's up to each of us to look within, to draw upon our own inner light, and project goodness and kindness into our community, and by extension, the world around us. There will always be darkness, but if enough of us embrace the light, then maybe we can illuminate the path and help to be a beacon to others struggling to escape the darkness, both in Star Wars fandom and in the real world. Uh, I know this was a lot, so thanks for taking the time to read or listen. And as always, may the Force be with you. Thanks, Lou. May the Force be with you. These are some great, deep thoughts about the lessons of Star Wars and how they apply to actually talking about Star Wars. Ken, what are your thoughts? Oh, I love it, man. Big Lou, this is great. And yeah, I think some of this, we, we have these kind of conversations where, yeah, you know, look, I, I always try to find the right words myself to say it of, of uh, this isn't, uh, none of this is about, hey, you, you have to enjoy every little aspect of Star Wars. I think they hit home runs every time out and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's choosing to, choosing what you want, want to do with those feelings, choo- choosing how to express it. It's, it's key, not just in Star Wars, just what you want, what you want to put out there in the world. And, and I have, uh, I've never been, you know, I'm always grumpy in a way of a Uncle Owen, uh, you know, a hopper on Stranger Things kind of way. That's kind of my aesthetic. I get that. But, <laughs> you know, I've, I've changed a lot last couple of years where it's just like you, you, you're going to get out of this what you put into it. And, and um, I don't roll up my sleeves and go into Star Wars looking for a fight with the with the content. Um, I, I, I focus on what's there, uh, not just in the story. Uh, and the little things on the screen, but what it means for my own life. And that's something that I, it's always probably been there, but now it's a conscious effort every time I watch. And it's just, uh, I, I enjoy living in that energy than the other um, options and, and not all of them are wrong. And again, some, some podcasts are more about, Hey, we're breaking it down and we're going over the director's decisions and how they shot this. And I love, I have those conversations offline with friends, um, filmmakers who have a different view on the stuff like that. But, but here it's about, letting myself continue to be inspired by star Wars in a time where I need it. And I think the world needs it uh, in, in our own ways. So I, I'm behind you Lou on this one here and it's not always easy. No, it's not. And, and I, and I really, I really agree with what you're saying. And I really agree with the way that Lou phrases this. Uh, Lou says, you know, um, kind of fall into the dark side quote uh, by means of hurtful words mm. in a blatant disrespect for others. It is not about disliking a certain part of Star Wars or having mm-hmm. critiques of a certain part of Star Wars. And, you know, I think that's a, a conversation that's been happening a lot. And I think it is for me, it is about two things. One, it is about choosing anger, right? Uh, if you didn't like it, you could you could express it. You could not watch it. You know, you could have uh, conversations about here's what I didn't like. Oh, you did like it. OK, cool. And walk away. Right. It's the anger it's when it's a battle right that's the part that gets negative of like uh this show is bad and anybody who liked it is wrong and you know the this isn't real star wars the star wars should be the way i think it should be and everything else is garbage like it's it's all it's the expression of the critique that is the dark side to me you know it's choosing anger in the means that you express yourself um and then I think for like for our podcast, uh, I really like what you're saying. I think I think that we do have critical analysis. Yeah, I think yeah, we yeah. do often say things that we don't like or we question uh, and then we move on and we choose to put more of the emphasis on the things that we did enjoy and the things that we do celebrate because we get to we get to choose <laughs> yeah. as fans, you know. So like even with a show like Obi Wan Kenobi, like yeah, I got I I have some questions about the story structure that uh, things that I think like yeah no I think that's a valid uh, criticism and, and talking with a friend about it recently and made me think about some other things or like yeah I would have liked to see the more happen with other Inquisitors besides Reva things like that, um, but I don't want to spend this recording time raging. I want to express that yeah I have some criticisms and I have some what ifs all those things, but then there's so much to love. Why not put the energy into that? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and I think that is a, a big part of of the choice of embracing 
the light side is, yeah, not ever saying that you can't question it, criticize it, dislike it, but are where are you putting your energy and what is that doing to yourself? What is that doing to the community? Yeah. 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 No. And, and I apply that in a lot of other ways in life and, and, and how, how I'm choosing to entertain, write, perform comedy, whatever. It's a bit, the big why behind it is something I ask myself uh, when I can, you know, sometimes I like a good stupid joke. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, of course. Yeah, of absolutely. Course. Absolutely. But to have, have meaning in this uh, day and age where communication is happening every second of the day, <laughs> uh, I want to have my communications uh, have, have, uh, something behind it that's built built in the in the light uh and not in the dark yeah exactly and uh other thing for me is i think i think lou uh points out uh you know one of one of the potential dark sides paths to the dark side in fandom uh we know anakin's story well it's about fear of loss right um and i think that we can sometimes as fans uh speaking sometimes for myself and sometimes uh, for things i've observed that we can have uh, a fear of losing the Star Wars that we started with, right? Whatever Star Wars you start with, it, it helps you to define what Star Wars is to you. And then there can be this fear of loss of like, oh, if it changes, it won't be my Star Wars <laughs> anymore, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we've seen it across generations that, you know, people internalize the parts of Star Wars they love. And often that's like the big weighty themes, the the you know cool fights or the romance or the tragedy or the big emotional things and you can kind of watch a generation after generation forget that it's always been silly yeah. <laughs> it's always been a little bit uh more attached to emotional canon than really strict logical canon you know mm -hmm. uh, all these kind of things that are all, have always been a part of star wars can sort of drop away and i think for me, what I always want to embrace is that, yeah, change is hard. Uh, I, I mourn for some of my past fandoms. It'll never be like it was when the original trilogy came out. It'll never be like it was when the special editions came out. Now it's never going to be exactly the way it was when Force Awakens came out. Mm. Um, but I want to, you know, embrace change and be excited for like what kinds of new fandom experiences are around the corner if I let myself embrace the new instead yeah. of being upset that it changed. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent. Any other final thoughts in reaction to Lou's great power of the light side? Lou, this was your third draft. You got there, buddy, because it was great. <laughs> Excellent. That is it for uh, questions of the force and additional power of the light side. Ken, where can people find us? Hey, you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Uh, you can also go to our Instagram page and our YouTube page. We're putting additional content up there from time to time. Having a lot of fun doing that. Uh, we had the uh, lessons from Little Leia up. Working some other things. Uh, we have the in memoriams back in the back in the day. Old databank brawls are still up there too as well. So check it all out on the YouTube page. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Uh, podcast is available on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you can give us a rating and review if you want to, if you're there and the site allows you to, hey, go ahead and do it. It helps the show out. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. I'm at Cadnapsock or Cadnapsock.com. I uh, do have a stand-up date in the uh, San Diego area for uh, San Diego Comic Con, uh, American Comedy Company, not in the con, uh, around the con in the Gas Lamp District. So uh, uh, if you want the information that, it's on my website. Joseph, where can they find you? Yeah, you could find me Twitter. Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. I have some more action figures to share on social media if you're interested. And, of course, you can find all of my other adventures on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. I believe an appearance uh, uh, finally got confirmed, so I'll hopefully be uh, advertising that soon. Uh, but for now, for myself, for Ken... For the last stand at the Lars homestead, this has been Questions of the Force. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.